0: We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air
1: is unfit to breathe. And our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know
2: things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Silence, the
1: great and powerful eyes. No
3: You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. You have met all the primal
4: forces of nature. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, tire you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men. Machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs>
5: Showtime!
6: Showtime! And now, reality rants with Jason Burmis.
7: And who loves you? And who do you
3: love?
8: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is reality rants. I am Jason Burmis. This is Red Voice Media, and today I'm gonna take you back in time to a little place called the '90s. And I got to admit despite having a a multitude of obstacles, at least in my opinion, as a kid becoming a young man during that era, um, I still look on it extremely fondly, extremely fondly. Maybe that's because of my innocence, but I certainly saw a shift in society, some for the better, some for the worse, in my opinion, just saying. Although uh, the, the shift for the better during the 90s, I'm just going to say, felt more real. There, there there, didn't seem to be a lot of negative things going on, in my opinion, at the time from that perspective, especially pre-9-11. And a young Jason Burmes. I know we played a clip from like, I don't know, four, maybe five years ago yesterday. Everybody was commenting on how young I looked. Yeah, last four or five years have been rough on old JB. You know, he looked like a younger man back then. Not so much anymore. The miles are coming on. The grays uh, aren't as easy to hide, you know, with the hair gel. But, you know, you put the hair gel in, you, you got the salt and pepper. It's the Clooney look I've always talked about, only now we got a little giblet here I got to get rid of you know and all my fault by the way all my fault but in the mid 90s in particular into the late 90s when i was in college jerry springer was a huge phenomenon and i was guilty as charged i loved jerry springer i couldn't get enough of it 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 was my kind of trash television now i want people to understand this uh, obviously my crowd's a little older so you're going to get this but reality tv really hadn't launched yet okay you had the makings of it with mtv and the real world there were some game shows that started to come on the scene very late 90s um i remember love island or temptation island or one of those stupid things like people didn't really understand how script scripted a lot of talk shows were you kind of thought they were all the same thing and obviously Jerry Springer was not the same thing and although some of it was real most of it was fake and produced and and when I learned that that was kind of like a big scandal people don't talk about with the Springer show lots of scandals in Jerry's life by the way Jerry's a politician Jerry got caught uh, I, I believe when he was the mayor of Cincinnati writing a check to a prostitute Later on, during the Springer show, uh, there was a sex tape controversy where one of his guests, who I believe was in porn, and her mother or stepmother, uh, taped Jerry. You know, after an encounter in the hotel with them, the guy pretty had those type of scandals going on. Okay, and Springer was also on the talk radio circuit in the beginning of the Air America days when uh the left was trying to really take on what is prominently conservative radio right even, even the independent talk stuff like it's it's tough for for jason Burmes to get on terrestrial radio just saying be another goal of this show right to, to simulcast or have them take the show and then rerun it later at night audio form great until then well we'll pay for the pod bean folks you can bean it up you can listen to it live We'll end up taking calls once we get big enough. But I feel like you got to have on on the bean Listen alone 500 to 1,000 people. We're way away from that on the live streams to, to start taking calls and whatnot. Back to Springer. Springer was appealing because when I grew up, the biggest thing really out there, especially when you got home from school that wasn't cartoons, was daytime talk shows. Right. And this is the era I'm out of school by three, three thirty, and Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse Raphael and and the Queen to boot oprah Oprah Winfrey. daytime talk made Oprah Winfrey. In fact, daytime talk was so big that people like Oz and Dr. Phil, who went on Oprah Winfrey, got their own talk shows. all right. So, there was a stark contrast between that and what you would see on Jerry Springer, right? I, I guess the gap bridge would be like Maury, you know, had the who's the baby? Who who's the father? And there was a little bit of that on Springer. But but Springer was really about being shameless. And that's the next part of this that I want to get into. And that's where we part ways. Like Jerry was a icon. He was. I. I remember, you know what I wanted to put out there for his uh, his death was the fact that he was in what Austin Powers Three, which maybe was the funniest one. They're all pretty funny, but Austin Powers Three has that really big intro, all the stars, all that stuff. In fact, we didn't play yesterday uh, the Schwarzenegger. <laughs> The Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, uh, White House intro. Maybe we'll get to that today. I don't know. I've got a bunch of clips, and I want to do a watch along with the uh, Commonwealth Club and the lessons learned from the COVID war. The war. So when I now look back on Jerry Springer, I I realize it really is the emergence of the shameless victimhood society. Where you there there was no longer any pride in keeping your mouth shut and your business to yourself. everybody should have a megaphone. everybody should get out there. everybody should get their fifteen minutes of fame, right? It really doesn't matter for what. And, and that was the overarching message in my opinion of that show. and it got me to thinking about the word shame in the first place. And this is a distinct memory and this is pre-springer by the way and boy i I gotta tell you guys i watched springer religiously like by the time he started getting big when i was in college 97 98 you you could watch a like a three to four hour block of, of jerry because it was syndicated on so many channels so many channels um by the way died of uh, fast acting i believe pancreatic cancer you get that diagnosis that's that's a tough one to be so it brought me back to a conversation i had with my grandmother now my grandmother wasn't around uh she was the first of my grandparents to go you know but really gone by my early teen years somewhere in there and you know my grandmother was so good to me as a kid i really have nothing but fond memories of, of both her and my grandfather like awesome grandparents to me you know that's where i i got i got my passion maybe for for cooking i talk about that especially the italian stuff watching my grandmother cook and the italian meatballs the whole stereotypical nine okay and just kind of out of nowhere I i have no idea what i was doing no idea what i was watching probably oblivious probably watching something or saying something maybe that she didn't like i have no clue but she looked at me and she goes you know the problem with society right now and it's you know i'm a kid and it's, she goes and it's not you know just your generation but your parents generation and even you know maybe a little bit older than that because my mom you know she's like 16 years older than me she goes no one has any shame anymore. She goes at all No one's ashamed when they mess up or they do something wrong. They boast about it. They brag about it. You know, it's, it's not hidden away. They're not trying to improve themselves. And she's like, when you have that type of a society, things fall apart. And I was like, man, that's, that's pretty profound. Grandma. Like, I, I still think about it to this day, and we we should have shame, right? Uh, none of us are perfect, and there will be, I, I guess, psychologists out there, people for your mental health, that would totally disagree with that. You have no reason to be ashamed of this behavior or this thought process or this action. Bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> inherently there is a good inherently there is an evil i truly believe that and i'm not trying again not here to get biblical not mr preacher man but at its core most of us get that right it's not a big question is it that (laughs) good and evil exists people do wrong and some people embrace that or i don't care but then the, the next thing is, you look at the Springer thing. You not, not only do I not care about it, I should be celebrated for it. And that's what Jerry Springer really brought out. Like Again, it, a lot of those guests were some of his producers, a lot of the goofier stuff. So much of it wasn't true. But then you also see, um, back in the day, the people that wanted to be dressed like babies, adult the adult baby thing. That's that's making a big comeback. I'll never forget watching that on Jerry. Now that was kind of on some of these other sh- talk shows, like Phil Donahue and et cetera, et cetera, ha- had a little more gravitas. But but Jerry would really play into like the adult baby thing. Um, you know, the I didn't know she was a man thing. That that was another big one. I have a surprise for you. It's like, really? You have a surprise? And they'd act surprised. That should have given it away, for me. So the shame thing, something to think about. That's profound. There's there's another angle on this that I want to talk about as well, and that's the pro wrestling as aspect of it. That's the ringmaster Jerry, right? Because at, at its core, I, I think Jerry was a pretty liberal guy, uh, but you know, liberal in the sense that he allowed free speech, even if he disagreed with you. Might have fallen off the rocker at, at the end. You know, he was encouraging people to. And he did do that, folks, I'm just going to say. Uh, he's got a video on it. We'll probably have to play that video uh, in the second hour, as everybody knows. And, by the way, second hour free now. Come on over to Rumble. Subscribe over at Red Voice Media. Subscribe over at uh, my channel as well. Let's let's build the Rumble audience. If you're a rock finner, you get both hours now. And, again, two, count them, two, count them, two interviews exclusive for the Red Voice Media premium, folks, um, this weekend. Wayne Dupree going to be one of those. Uh, The other one's still kind of under lock and key. Really looking forward to putting that stuff out for you. (sighs) The pro wrestling aspect is something that I didn't get of life. And and Jerry Springer kind of like lifted the veil, right? Like, because you didn't have all the reality TV of the take one, take two, take three. Because I was a teenager, I didn't know anybody in the industry you know, because I believe the magic flashing box all the time, right? Because of those things, I was really adept to believing a lot of what was on the television, that red and blue mattered and the Republicans and Democrats were different things in politics. And when I when you start to see things other than pro wrestling getting the veil lifted back, especially with Springer, I, I think that kind of prepped me for, for understanding 9-11 and that pro wrestling game, period. Like, I, I really do believe that. When you, when you start finding out, oh, my goodness, these talk shows are rigged. Is the news rigged too? These reality shows are rigged. Is the news rigged too? Well, I can tell you it is. And now it's time for our first commercial break, folks. Get ready.
6: Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little-known order implemented the digital dollar, the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy the government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American alternative assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, The sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it.
8: RMGoldandSilver.com, guys. So let's uh, wrap it up with Jerry. Um, I just want to go over a few things. And then, like I said, on the... uh, premium portion of the broadcast will play this clip where he says tabloid talk host discusses having you know what it, and I swear by getting the you know what in fact here he is right here uh, on the 21st of September uh, September 22nd actually a yeah, 22nd and 23rd well we'll play the TikTok and that afterwards now I'm not making any inferences here we, we could talk about that on the other side we can't talk about it here Uh, 79 years old, obviously no spring chicken, not like the guy was a bodybuilder, okay? Throwing those things up. But he had a huge influence on society. I'm going to remember him fondly. I'll be honest. And he was one of those guys. Air America had a few people on it. I think Mike Malloy was one of them in particular. That after they saw loose change, it was undeniable, undeniable that we had been lied to about 9 11. and other people like jerry just never could get there no 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 they wanted to keep you in that box and it's funny yesterday we talked about noam chomsky and now his relationship to epstein and how in my opinion the litmus test was 9 11 and those that really had a good look at it and had the history like chomsky and not only denied there was anything to 9-11 truth but actively helped smear it that was the litmus test el el garbajo el garbajo and i've got a clip that i'm going to play later on it's going to go along with this story so we might as well just jump into this one because it, it's uh to me an important one see uh see how we do it a little different here We do a little different. We don't just grab every headline or every viral video that's out there that everybody else is talking about. There's a place for that. You know, I I had people that wanted me to comment on the Crowder situation. I guess before I do this, I'll I'll, I'll do that really quickly. I I don't care. (laughs) You you mean a guy that was getting divorced from his wife was having marital issues? Like I watched that three-minute, I can't believe he would treat his pregnant wife that way not defending him at all by the way i'm just saying um you know i've seen way worse in relationships i've seen way more uh physical and psychological abuse than that up close and personal doesn't shock me people act that way behind closed doors i know it's stunning because like he's a conservative or whatever but quite frankly uh, i don't have the time to really care about people that have tens of millions of dollars in their personal life because I don't give a rat's ass. It's not what I'm I'm trying to 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 reach people's brains and activate them and it'd be great if I was activating people with the kind of resources that Crowder had. Awesome. But I need everybody. Everybody no matter what your socioeconomic status to step on up. To step on up to be their own hero. You know, to, to separate the noise of left, right, conservative, liberal, I hate you, I hate you more, you're bad, you're worse, blah, 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 blah. and come together, man. <laughs> like, so many people um, keep sending me RFK clips of him talking about how they should be putting people in jail if they don't share the same climate change um, views as him. Terrible clip. Uh, it's from 2014 nine years ago almost a decade ago i would hope that he's intelligent enough that he's now had the the veil peeled back and he realizes what the agenda actually is of command and control via sustainability sustainability the magic word and he would rebuke himself for that and say look i made a mistake i'm a human being it's enough for me It's enough for me we all make mistakes right guys i make mistakes but a mistake i won't make is backing the moderna team up with ibm to put ai quantum computing to work on mrna tech uh, used in the you know what skis now if you look here this was published like a week and a half ago april 20th 2023 when i went to go find a clip about this okay i I was looking just for you know i was figuring hey yeah we're gonna do the story and by the way this story came from somebody who was in the burmist brigade who was in my twitter feed who i think like last week sometime put up uh what what i thought was a, a really really cool um thread with all these different articles on quantum computing ai and this bio nanotech we're talking about and this is why we focus on all of them together because they do intertwine and they'll continue to intertwine all right like last night you know i i I should look for for this one but they were talking about a surveillance system where um these ai apps will now determine your mood they're going to have access to everything and and oh it's going to be great We're, we're already there where algorithmic profiles have been built on uh, the vast majority of us based in not only our online activity, but our geolocation, the words we use, the time we spend places, and really, I mean, they talked about in this, the tone of our voice and how happy we are, all right? So as I said, I was looking for a clip on this, And I found a clip and the clip was two years old. It was from March of 21. So it's a really, really quick clip. Uh, Let's see right here. And we're gonna play, I I mean, really, really quick. Then we're gonna read this because essentially people need to understand that artificial intelligence is programmed by humans, 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 humans. They're human algorithms. He who controls the AI controls the narrative. So a lot of what you're being told is AI isn't true AI, period. And we've seen that. It's used to censor. I just want to keep that in mind as we watch this.
0: And just a note tonight, tech company IBM and Moderna, the pharmaceutical company, are joining forces in the race to speed up this vaccination process. The two are looking to use artificial intelligence and blockchain, that's a data storing system, to help improve vaccine distribution. Exciting stuff.
8: Oh, exciting stuff, it's it's so exciting. It's the most exciting. It's super exciting. So again, this is the uh, Modern article, and they got the nice little Getty images, Moderna on your smartphone logo. Yeah, clip art, way to go, Getty. Moderna and IBM are teaming up to use generative artificial intelligence and quantum computing to advance mRNA technology, the development at the core of the company's blockbuster COVID vaccine. The company's announced Thursday. Yeah, blockbuster, woo! Can we get a hundred thumbs up, everybody? Can we get a like, a share, and a subscribe? Remember, second hour free coming up over at Rumble, Rockfin, and everywhere else you get your independent media. We are excited to partner with IBM to develop novel AI models to advance mRNA science prepare ourselves for the era of quantum computing and uh, ready our business for these game-changing technologies, Moderna CEO Stephanie Bansell said in a statement. Moderna shares dipped slightly Thursday while IBM stocks was about flat. These companies said they signed an agreement for Moderna to access IBM's quantum computing systems. Those systems could help accelerate Moderna's discovery and creation of a new messenger RNA vaccine and therapy according to Dr. Dario Gill, director of IBM Research. This is the biomedical techno-fascist society come to fruition to try to prey upon the shameless. Those that desperately just want attention are unhappy, but want influence. And I was thinking about another you know big pop culture term and wordplay the other day and that was the term influencer when i first got turned on to the term influencer i didn't like it i still don't like it i think it's you know it's ridiculous like oh are you one of those social media influencers i hope not although to me the term actually shows you inherently how we're being lied to and manipulated as a society through these bernaysian talking points right because you're gonna label people mostly young people okay influencers so you're acknowledging that human beings can be coerced and that have influence over other people some have called it undue influence in the past and like at the same time you're being told that children can't be influenced about what they think their identity is or their gender is. Like, children weren't influenced back in the day to look at army men and fire trucks and astronauts as the things they wanted to be and the toys they wanted to play with or cowboys. Of course, that was influence. And of course, not only children can be influenced, but we as adults are constantly being influenced. Whether we like it or not, whether it's straight forward right in there or subliminally, subliminal advertising works. It works on everybody on some level. We are all susceptible. That's why another uh, big thing to me is knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have over these things, the less likely you are to succumb to their undue influence, but it's all around us on every single level, in every single arena of society, in the shameless society, in the Springer society, we have to acknowledge it. But again, it's only cool to be a social media influencer. There is no influence of them on your children. And then there's this push, what, to give children A type of autonomy never seen in civilized society ever. Ever. Not not once, let me repeat that, not once in civilized society have we said that children can consent to the type of things that we're pushing across the board in this country and now the world through this United Nations. Transhumanist agenda, right? We had some troll in there yesterday saying Jason hates trans people. I don't. But I'm just telling you the larger agenda is to get you to reject your biology as they take away parental rights and act like children can have the type of autonomy not only to reject their parents and no longer need guardians, right? But basically alter their biology for the rest of their lives, like it or not, Uh, irreversible at the end, whether it be surgery or biochemically. That's nightmarish. You know, I was thinking about the other day, thinking about a lot of things the other day, a lot of times to think. And that thought will come after this break from our sponsor. Let's get into it.
3: Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering, and guess what? They can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. Now, this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now, this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes to secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours. Don't wait. The time to act is
8: now. So that thought, that thought was on this push for 16 year olds to be able to vote 16 okay now look i understand that you want to integrate young people people that are transitioning from a child to a teenager to an adult with different levels of responsibility along the way so they can grow and quite frankly you know, there, there's that that <laughs> that that viral video of the two like kids that look like they're 12, right? Going, we Republicans, we don't like you. What is this? But I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, those kids could be 16, and that push for 16, and anyone that's pushing for 16 for a kid to vote, and it's a kid. Right, like, like I have a, a problem at, at the 18 year range for sending people to war if they can't drink and they can't smoke cigarettes legally anymore. Big problem with that. But at the same time, I think 18, hey, you can get out of the house. I struggled, you know, you said, we were talking about Babyface B the other day. I struggled as a young guy to get any kind of respect or semblance because I looked like I was like 14 years old when I was 22 right so it's frustrating to me and i'm like well, how long is this gonna last am i gonna have to be well into my 30s before people give me a little bit of respect because i look like i'm in my 20s right so i don't even like that age stuff and i don't sit here and go gen z and millennials and in my day blah 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 right it's not well, we, we don't you got a brain let's talk i don't care how old you are let's have a conversation but anybody who's pushing that is, is again pushing for the autonomy of young people and children to break away from the family structure and that's key in any type of a cultural revolution is you go after the kids you go after the kids now number one it would be disastrous to have 16 year olds vote because quite frankly in my opinion I, i'll say this some of the 30 year olds that are voting you know those the, the ones that are living on their parents couches until they're 30 35 and that's not gen z or just millennials my generation i saw it in my generation so much so much and i i consider myself x 1979 baby so much whereas as soon as i get out of the house i couldn't wait to get out of the house well, i got to live with three other guys okay okay whatever and now that motivation just doesn't Seem to be there. So before we play this clip, I can't remember what movie it's from. It's a documentary film, and there's going to be a bit of irony in it because Noam Chomsky's in it. Right? This is like limited hangout Chomsky. But he what he's saying here is correct. And it's also got Michael Moore in it, Howard Zinn before he died. And the reason we're going to play it is it's because it's about IBM and the Holocaust. You know, IBM. You remember IBM, right? IBM? Anybody? IBM and the Holocaust. And this stuff wasn't mainline for years and years and years and years and years and years. In fact, Edwin Black is the guy that you could really credit with diving deep, deep into what uh, really, I mean, this is part of not only biomedical fascism but a fascism that wanted to regiment humanity, track trace database, the first computer system. So this is like a four minute clip and uh, it's IBM and the Holocaust. So we should be aware that IBM was involved in some pretty, pretty, pretty horrible
2: things. There was an interesting connection between the rise of fascism in Europe
7: and the consciousness of politically radical people about corporate power. Uh, Because there was a recognition
8: that fascism rose in Europe with the help of enormous corporations, which it did. Which it absolutely 100% did. Mussolini was greatly admired uh, all across the spectrum.
7: Business loved him. Investment shot up. and suddenly when Hitler came in in Germany, the same thing happened there. Investment shot up in Germany. He had the workforce under control. He was getting rid of dangerous left-wing elements. Investment opportunities were improving. there was no problems. These are wonderful countries.
9: I think one of the greatest untold stories of the 20th century, is the collusion between corporations, especially in America, and Nazi Germany. First, in terms of how the corporations from America helped to essentially rebuild Germany and support the early Nazi regime. And then, when the war broke out, figured out a way to keep everything going. So General Motors was able to keep Opel going, Ford was able to keep their thing going, and companies like Coca-Cola they couldn't keep the Coca-Cola going, so what they did was they invented Fanta Orange for the Germans. Again, always got to make
8: that money, shake
9: that money. I mean,
8: Coca-Cola's story. Talk about Coca-Cola, South America, union organizers, cold-hearted man, cold-hearted. And, and this is a reason you know I used to like Michael Moore, and I still I'll tell you what. Not only do did I, did I used to like Michael Moore. To this day, if Michael Moore puts out a film, I watch it. I watch it. Uh, Fahrenheit 11.9, watched it. Uh, By the way, I think a lot of the Capitalism Love story, watched it, really liked Capitalism Love story. Don't agree with a lot of it, doesn't matter. Uh, The one on the Columbine Massacre, right? Uh, Obviously, Fahrenheit 9.11 was that walkway that bridge for a lot of people in 9-11 Truth. A lot of people don't remember this, but Michael Moore actually got put on the spot about the Pentagon. I wonder if I can find that. Maybe we can find that in the second hour. And, Mike, and that's my big problem. Michael Moore also failed the litmus test, just like Chomsky on 9-11. That's great, guys, that you'll sit down you know, uh, in the 90s probably or maybe the early 2000s and talk about the Nazis and Mussolini, and corporations, and IBM, great, thank you, we need that, but you didn't want to talk about 9-11 in the way you should have, and yeah, Michael, you tried to go, the thing is that really bothered me in uh, Fahrenheit 119. when he's talking about the Trump administration, he finally refers to 9-11 as our Reichstag fire, and he refused to do that, in the previous film when it could have been much more impactful and guys like me, you know, had to put out loose change with that. You understand? See why I get a little fired up like Chad Kenton following the show.
9: And that's how Coke was able to keep their profits coming in to Coca-Cola. So when you drink Fanta Orange, that's the Nazi drink that was created so that Coke could continue making money while millions of people died.
10: When Hitler came to power in 1933 his goal was to dismantle and destroy the Jewish community this was an enterprise so fast that it required the resources of a
8: that's the dude author IBM and the Holocaust Edwin Black okay Edwin did just amazing research on this
10: a computer but in 1933, there was no computer. What there was, was the IBM punch card system, which controlled and stored information based upon the holes that were punched in various rows and columns. Naturally, there was no off-the-shelf software as there is today. Each application was custom-designed and the engineer had to personally configure it. Millions of people of all religions and nationalities and characteristics went through the concentration camp system. That's an extraordinary traffic management program that required an IBM system in every railroad direction and an IBM system in every concentration camp. Now, this is a typical prisoner card. There are little boxes where all the information is to be punched in. We compare this information to the code sheet for concentration camps. And here you see Auschwitz is one, Buchenwald two, Dachau is three. Now what kinds of prisoners were they? They could be a Jehovah's Witness for two, a homosexual for three, communist for six, or a Jew would be eight.
8: And, th- and this is why also this is important. People have to understand when we're talking about the Holocaust and Hitler, it wasn't just Jews, it wasn't just gypsies, it wasn't just homosexuals. You just saw Jehovah's Witnesses. They're a long list. It's basically if we don't like you and you don't go along with the party, we're going to lump you in with these other groups that we've demonized. That's bad news, Brown.
10: Now, what was their status? One was released, two was transferred four was executed five was suicide and six code six zander behandlung special treatment meant the gas chamber or sometimes a bullet they would punch that number in the material was tabulated the machines were set and of course the punch cards by the millions had to be printed and they were printed exclusively by ibm and the profits were recovered just after the war i really do believe that that particular
4: accusation has been fairly discredited as a serious accusation
8: oh it's it's fairly discredited as a serious accusation give me a break fairly discredited as a serious accusation see how that terminology has always been around the experts and the authoritative sources haven't reported on it it's been discredited that is
4: The fact that they have used equipment, you know, that is a fact. But how they got it, how much cooperation they got, and any kind of collusion trying to connect dots that are not connected, I think that's the part that is discredited. Generally, you sell computers and they're used in a variety of ways, and you always hope. They're using the more positive ways possible. If you ever found out they are used in ways that are not positive, then you would hope that you stop supporting that. But do you always know? Can you always tell? Can you always find out?
8: Again, absolutely ludicrous that IBM didn't know what was going on, that these corporations didn't know what was going on. So all part of the war machine, man.
10: IBM would of course say that it had no control over its German subsidiary but here on October 9th of 1941 a letter is being written directly to Thomas J. Watson with all sorts of detail about the activities of the uh, German subsidiary. None of these machines were uh, sold, they were all leased by IBM and they had to be serviced on-site once a month even if that was at a concentration camp such as Dachau Buchenwald. This is a typical uh, contract with IBM and the Third Reich, which was instituted in in 1942. It's not with the Dutch subsidiary. It's not with the German subsidiary. It is with the IBM Corporation in New
2: York. You know, as it happens, I know that story. I discussed it more than once with old Mr. Watson, and I was around at the time. I'm not saying that Watson didn't know that the German government used punch cards. He probably did know. After we had very few customers, Watson didn't want to do it. Was not because he thought it was immoral or not, but because Watson, with a very keen sense of public relations, thought it was risky. So there you go,
8: and let's take another word from our sponsor. Folks,
3: we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, Pillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Dogma.
8: Whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get Pillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com.
5: That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale.
8: Or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited. And once they're gone, they're gone. Once they're gone, they're gone. Use your promo card. Code RVM. All right. Top of the hour. We leave YouTube. We continue on on Rumble. You can go to the live stream. Remember, 12-hour live stream now over at Red Voice Media. And uh, new studio coming into fruition. Big lineup. Please uh, consider redvoicemedia.com slash jasonredvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Try it for only a dollar today for the first week, and then it's 10 bucks a month or lock it in for a year. Tell them Jason Burma sent you. $100, save 20 bucks. help support the broadcast. We're giving away eight hours, eight hours of free broadcasting. You get two premium, two premium interviews, Every single week. I want people to think about that. You know, complaining about the commercials, it's less than five minutes of commercials in an hour broadcast. Some some breaks on on uh, <laughs> on the major newswex, three, four minutes apiece. The the shows clock in at about 42 minutes max. We got five minutes max each hour. And by the way, the second hour, we go through commercial free until the end. So 55 minutes uh, of unadulterated Burmese at the top of the next hour and then the commercials. Come on. We're doing it big. We're doing it bigly. Okay. I got a couple more clips that I want to hit on this side, and then we got a ton to do on the other side. But I want to talk about the Proud Boys trial and uh, the upcoming election really quickly. Look. These guys didn't commit seditious conspiracy. It's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, Let me read who's, you know, because everybody knows Biggs and uh, Tario are, are, you know, two of the people right now. But you have Ethan uh, Nordine. Okay. You got Zachary Rell. And you also have Dominic uh, Pizzola. All right. Now, look, on varying degrees, those that went into the capitol et cetera, you could get charged with something. Okay, probably wasn't the best day for some of these guys, but I am really happy that we've now gone. I think over seventy-two hours. I think there's deliberation going on right now, and maybe into the next week that we still don't have a verdict, because what you didn't want is for the jury to go into the uh, the uh, back room start discussing these things and then come back guilty all the way down like in a couple hours first of all there's a list of charges for each there is no seditious conspiracy some of these other charges maybe you could make a case for Um, they don't hold that much weight remember these people were, were held and were not able to be released by bail or bond for what for a show for show trials And to me, I've said it from the very beginning, especially after the Oath Keepers verdict with Stuart Rhodes. Remember, so many people were screaming, fed, fed, fed on Stuart Rhodes. Remember that? We all going to go back in time to what what was hip to say on the alt-conservative front on Rhodes. Rhodes is doing hard time. They came back pretty quick on his verdict. Hard time. Okay. And after seeing that, I said, these guys' best chance is for a mistrial. And then um, hopefully, they're going to probably try to retry them if there is a mistrial, which is insane. And you know they'll probably also try to keep them in jail until the next trial comes up. But they'll have a much better chance with a mistrial and a change of venue. And we would be pretty hard to argue they shouldn't get a change of venue after a mistrial just saying i'm not who knows who knows i i I could see these people possibly coming back after a week maybe by friday of this week with some guilty some innocent charges i think that's going to be a stretch I, I really believe that the government may have overplayed their hand here in a place that they just expected guilty check boxes across the board because, look, I don't cosplay, okay? I'm not a LARPer. You're not going to see me in camo unless we're doing some shoot for a parody or perhaps it's Halloween and someone convinced me to go as a group. i would be hard-pressed. i like to do my own thing on Halloween, but. Usually not military garb. And you could say they invited it with their talk. And yet, yeah, yet, yeah, yet, yeah. They're not threats. I've been around these people. It's ridiculous. A- again, it's LARPing. It's live action role play. You see the outfits on some of these guys. And it's not like the Proud Boys invented that role play and that LARP style. I've been around the Black block. I-, I I was around Antifa before they were cool. Yeah, I go to some of these protests, people have phone books duct taped around their bodies. I'll be like, are you are you really preparing to get hit by a pepper ball or a sandbag? Talk about making yourself a target. That doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare. My boy Luke, you know, he he's been in enough of them and goes in enough of them. He wears a, a helmet and goggles. Probably smart. I've seen people next to him get, like, body parts blown off. That happens. Less lethal. Less lethal, everybody. Less lethal. So, let's see. I, I have a, a few clips that I wanted to play. What am I going to play before this? I'm going to play. Do I have a, a, a clip on? Yes, the UR Connected clip. That's the one I wanted to do. Because, look, I don't want any of these machine. I'm not making any accusations. but this is an article out of 2021 election reform group seeks to ban a ban on dominion voting technology in Georgia. Um, I want a ban on all these machines, every, if it can be plugged in and has a screen, no moss, no moss, they can tell you it's not hooked up to the internet and it's secure all
2: day, but listen to this gentleman. Okay. Perhaps the most uh, critical thing to learn is if you've got a computer, it's internet connected. Uh, you may think it's not internet connected, but it's internet connected. When I hear people saying, oh, don't worry, it's secure because it's not on the internet, it is. Remember that in the not so distant past, we used to spread viruses uh, through uh, floppy disks. Um, those are still doing this, uh, uh, introducing the same risks. Uh, talk to the... Um, Iranians about Stuxnet. If you're not familiar with that, that was the uh, case where uh, a non-connected system was infected with malware uh, to uh, put out of commission uh, um, nuclear centrifuges. I'm not saying nuclear centrifuges and voting machines are the same things, but it demonstrates uh, that being off, you you can't really be offline.
8: Exactly. Like that's another people, don't understand about stuxnet was somebody on the inside that infected their infrastructure okay wasn't supposed to be on the internet and over time the malicious software uh basically disabled these centrifuges and was almost completely undetectable remember leaving youtube at the top of the hour thumbs it up subscribe and share everywhere come on over to rumble and Rockfin. For the second hour of the broadcast i wish by the way i wish we were doing it on twitter i'm posting these things on twitter because you can post up to an hour still can't stream via media studio studio on twitter is there anybody out there that can help
2: um if you think you're secure you haven't looked hard enough uh i i spent some time as a, a white hat hacker one of the good guys who helped companies um it's pretty much a, a given that uh, any system can be broken into. Um, I'm glad DHS is doing the sorts of things they're doing as part of their uh, um, uh, the status as as a a critical resource, Uh, but uh, anyone who thinks that's enough uh, hasn't looked far enough. It's uh, you, you don't do it once and then you're done. I've looked at some of the reports that have been made public from DHS. They are good, he
8: stops himself here. They're not good. They're not good at all. He's like, well, maybe they're not good. But they
2: are, or maybe I should say they're fair, uh, but they don't really demonstrate uh the level of sophistication that a nation-state adversary would have. The these uh systems are uniformly vulnerable. And I think that any cybersecurity expert who looked at any of these systems would come to that conclusion. Uniformly? Let me say that again uniformly
8: vulnerable all right let's hit a few more stories up before we go to the other side here you know and I haven't even uh gloated about these two there's nothing really to gloat about I kind of want to go into more of it uh than I can right here because we don't have that much time but we might as well do it BuzzFeed is shutting down and I'm sure everybody's heard it Vice preparing for bankruptcy so here's the deal I want want people to understand this. These media organizations that pop up out of nowhere and are promoted out of nowhere are tools of what? The great narrative. It's all they are. It's it. It's all they are. They are tools of a great narrative. I want you to think about it for a second. How in the world Does a BuzzFeed just start having all of this money and getting all of this coverage and having all of this influence, right? Big bucks behind it, and the big bucks behind it aren't really looking for a financial return, not from BuzzFeed itself. The financial return comes from the narratives that are promoted, for the companies and the interests that they're colluding with, you get it. And like people will go to me, well, vice was you know, grassroots. First of all, BuzzFeed has done some decent work. And uh, I'll say that Vice back in the day did some decent work. And I often uh, turn vice on, by the way. Uh, people don't realize this, but one of the big influxes of money when, uh vice started to get popular and before it had a tv show and then a tv network right when it was just like a series on hbo bill maher backed a lot of that with scratch it, it's now infamous we talked about the proud boys earlier that gavin McInnes was one of the founders of vice but vice was super obscure before getting that tasty tasty hbo money And what they do is they come in with a small air of legitimacy So, you know, an eensy, weensy, teensy bit of it and then exploit that. And then all of a sudden it's every, you know, effeminate dude ever on there. It's funny because, like, they still try to uh, play to the quote unquote bro culture there sometimes. Like, I think it's called movies with breaks. Like, oh, they'll have the hip movie, comedy, action movie over there. But then... Like the news, it's just, I, I can't, is it really news? I mean, January 6th, especially. All right. One more commercial break. We'll come back on the other side briefly. And then we're going to premiumredvoicemedia.com slash jasonredvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Okay. It's not really premium now because you just go to Rockfin and Rumble as well. But check out my VPN. Yeah, I actually use this one, folks.
5: We love the internet, but the internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere, watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi Fi while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IP Vanish.
8: With IP Vanish. So that's it. That's one hour up. YouTube, we will see you later. Come on over. Rumble, rock, in, thumbs it up. Subscribe and share. Bam. Bam. All right. Well, if you're on everything else, it's an easy transition to the show. And now we can actually play things that are maybe a little bit too controversial. A little bit too controversial. Now, I want to talk about Jerry Springer again now that we can. Look, again, although rest in peace, Jerry, uh, again, cultural icon. We discussed some of the more negative aspects of the show, but they're kind of taking lemons and, and putting them into lemonade here. I want to talk about him pushing the hate and lies shot. And this shows some of his blind spots. And, and really, you do have to ask yourself the question. I've said this from the very, very beginning. It's not just going to be myocarditis. Okay. It's not. Gonna kill everybody at one. Like there were people out there. Remember that were pushing that everybody that took the shot was basically gonna drop dead from the flu. Okay, they're gonna drop dead. Everybody gonna drop dead from the flu next season. Oh my God, their immune system is gonna be erased. That's not real. Okay, let me let me look at you really quick up close. That's not real. All right, you wouldn't release. And inject people multiple times with a bioweapon that would be that devastating and simply collapse society like that. First of all, you'd look guilty as hell, and but you'd also not have the infrastructure you wanted to build on everybody that decided to what? Take the hate and lie shots and get in line for the next biomedical fascist thing. But what you would do if you were really looking for population reduction uh as one of the many many things that this achieved because transhumanism also one of them that the fact that the mrna is utilized that's a transhumanist technology later on down the road they'll tell you that they'll say well actually you know a wee bit here and a wee bit there and a wee bit everywhere um you know it, ch- it changes you a little bit just just a teeny tad just changes you a little bit so one of the other adverse events of these things that i i said would happen is you know cancer will probably begin to increase a lot more and it might if you already have cancer accelerate the process it's a foreign system all right ever so slightly and and we're still not at that three to five year marker from when people started taking this i, I think it's really going to be 2025 2026 where you're going to see some of the most devastating effects of this. But again, that's just, you know, the, the autoimmune stuff is also very real, by the way. I just don't think that you're, even when you look at something like HIV or AIDS, it can take, you know, years or decades for you to succumb to that. And I, I do believe autoimmune disorders, dementia, gonna explode, cancer, gonna explode on top of the heart attacks and deaths. And you'll see like this incremental excess death that won't, it won't be as in your face. And these people will still have their plausible deniability. And that's what they were really working on with this stuff. Cause, cause this is the takeover, make no mistake. And then they got Jerry Springer tick tocking, They got him tick tocking about it. He wants to remind Republicans that COVID vaccines are great.
1: Boy, there's an issue for another commentary with what this uh, Supreme Court just did to a woman's right to control over her own body. I love that so many of these people that are screaming about um, taking the vaccine, because how can the government tell us what to do with my own body? I don't want to have to take the shot. It's my body. Those very same people are the ones that are saying, uh the government should tell a woman what she has to do with her body
8: so again i think that's absolutely ridiculous and you know especially with the abortion issue and myself um you know it's never been my my issue uh to die in a hill for i've said that before but at the same time six months or uh considering abortion after the baby's born that's not abortion like you, you have to acknowledge at some point that's a life right and I, i'm sorry i don't like the idea that oh it's going to be a poor person or they're feeble-minded
1: they come from bad stock that's eugenics 101. uh no tears uh i hadn't i felt no mm-hmm. symptoms if if the test hadn't come back uh positive i never would have known i had it i had a little really? bit of a sniffle but i never had anything else never any temperature uh never any headaches uh i could smell i could taste uh i was fine i was fine it's just that nbc because of the judge jerry show i am required twice a week at the time to take a test before i can go into the courtroom right and uh that's when it one of the tests came up uh, positive so i quarantined for two weeks and had no, no symptoms and then they took the test again and I w- it was negative So. I was fine but i I swear by getting the vaccine because i had the vaccine i had the moderna because i had both those shots when i did get it it was nothing so here's the big lie
8: that somehow that shot made it so covid wasn't severe when we're talking about you know a year and a half two years into the covid 1984 nightmare the fact that the flu again had gone away and you know natural immunity doesn't exist and we didn't even test people for natural immunity and, and natural antibodies it's like well, you know, how much lying could you could just i guess just lie about anything during the great narrative right whatever kind of lie you want to tell you can do it you can do it all right i've got this uh, other clip i wanted to play of this woman talking about ngos and talking about basically how ngos and corporations although they're the driving force behind globalism and change in this global society they're trying to build the the truth of the matter is it's you and i it's the average folks with their smaller donations that make up wildly make up. And in fact, I didn't realize this. I think it was something like 70 plus percent of the money that goes towards these things. Now, out of all that, though, out of all the donations, about 30% goes to religion. She's pretty disgusted by that, it seems. But it shows how, and I want to play this thing because it shows how they'll take our money and manipulate us. Right. And, And really, they'll put in their money but in a a tax-free way in a much smaller way but they have the bigger voice and it's their agenda that gets pushed through you understand not the will of the people but the will of the predator class by what creating these systems of command and control and convincing just a, a a minute percentage of the surf class as they refer to us with going along not only going along with it but championing it like this lady this lady's not part of the predator class but she sure stumps for him no doubt about it all right here we go
0: for some of you the concept of philanthropy is new and you are giving and you think about yourself making a charitable donation but you don't necessarily think of yourself as a philanthropist but in fact you are Philanthropy can be human capital, intellectual capital, or financial capital. And in fact, in 2011, people like you and me gave almost 300 billion dollars in cash gifts. You additionally gave another 63 million people gave 8.1 billion reported volunteer hours. And if you value that at just $22 an hour, that's another $170 billion. And then there was a recent report that came out from the government indicating that the contribution from the nonprofit sector was approximately 7.8% of our GDP. So the 300 billion, which equals 2% of our GDP, plus that additional 170 billion, plus the output from the nonprofit social sector, it's anywhere from 10 to 13% of our GDP, depending on how you want to look at that.
8: Now, do you notice that she also discusses like time put in and really this precursor to the idea of stakeholder capitalism, trying to say to you, you have a stake in this, stakeholder capitalism, equity.
0: So it's a significant part of what's going on in our society. And in fact, This philanthropy and nonprofit sector employs 10% of the labor force. So again, a big part of what's going on in our domestic economy. And it also has been the fastest area of economic growth in the past year. So where do those philanthropic dollars come from? They come from people like you and me, 71% who are living. 8% who are passing on, so around 83 to 85% in any given year and then foundations are contributing 14% and corporations 5%. So where does that money go to? Well from individuals, probably 30% of it and the 30% on the aggregate or a little bit more is going to religion. So it's a reminder, you can ask early and often um but there's also many other places where you individual families who on average are giving about twenty three hundred dollars a year so health education human services all of the areas of interest that you actually care about and
8: so let's stop there all the ones that you actually care about no you're manipulated into i mean think about it how many people I mean, the, the one I see all the time now on uh, Fox News is, you know, the hungry Jews in Ukraine. But before it was just all over Eastern uh, Europe, right? And survivors of the Holocaust and Christians and Jews come together. That's on Fox News all the time. They get exploited there. Uh, before that, you know, back in the day, you'd see, you know, starving kids in Africa, uh, a lot of cancer stuff. St. Jude's, they really play on your emotion. Ask yourself, how much cancer research has really been done to save the populace? How much cancer information is out there uh, over the last 30, 40 years of those type of donations? I've seen them my whole life. How many of those villages have running water in the infrastructure that could have been built? No, instead, instead, it's funneled into systems of control you're being fleeced that's why i really uh every time they tell me to round up right oh you want to round up um no no i don't No, you know you know where i do round up i round up at the goodwill and the salvation army because I, I i know what you're gonna get right like i actually see them helping people uh who need rehab giving jobs to people that were on drugs or have criminal records that are starting again etc um, That's something I can see with my own eyes. I, I always say, if you are going to give to something, usually give locally, because otherwise you're at the behest of an agenda. You really don't know nothing about that's being pushed like by people like this.
0: Think about, but foundations have a very unique role. So while they are 14% of that $300 billion, if you will, They play a very special role in that they have 600 billion dollars of unconstrained assets that they hold and have invested and importantly they are making grants and some of those grants are multi-year and some of them go to general support and some to project related um, support but importantly they can come in larger gifts, they can signal others Um, such as you and me, who they may have done more due diligence. And that's helpful for smaller foundations to hear from larger foundations. But importantly, they can play some special roles. They can be a driver of social change, such as the Gates Foundation, that has really looked at malaria up and down, whether it's from bed nets to research. They can be a catalyst for social change. You hear about this?
8: Social change. Social change. When he's talking, when you're talking about Gates and malaria, you're not just talking about hate and lie shots. You're talking about GMO mosquitoes to vaccinate you. GMO mosquitoes to vaccinate you. That's not social change. That's societal and biological change. That's terraforming our planet. That's that's what that is. Like when you start dealing with GMO ecosystems, right, and you're going even beyond plant life and the corn, and now you're getting into the biology of mosquitoes that's going to interact with the biology of all life. They don't just bite humans, folks, for vaccine delivery. Yeah, I, I guess you'd call that social change. We love the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh, my.
0: Think about it. In the year 2000, how many of you really talked about carbon footprint? Well, today we do, thanks to the Hewlett Foundation that pulled together foundations in the area, funded climate works, and really changed our thinking and was a catalyst for this new thinking and social change work.
8: So, once again, using climate change as an example now, which I think is important, she's talking about influencing things. That most people didn't know what a carbon footprint is, but by browbeating them with it through public relations and Bernaysian talking pound points and a whole lot of money, you know, people were donating money to save the environment and stop global warming and all those types of things, right? They think they're doing a good thing. Really, they're promoting the idea that you're bad as a human. You have to be track, trace, database, not only on the outside, but the inside. And then given a carbon-based social credit score allotment system based on a digital hellscape of blockchain technology. But you think you're doing the right thing. (laughs) See how that works? It's influencing. Influence exists. But again, influence doesn't exist. When your toddler wants to identify as the other gender, inject themselves with hormones and have a life altering surgery, right? The, the cognitive dissonance, the flip on reality is unreal, but it is real because we're living it.
0: Or they can be a partner such as the good partnerships that we enjoyed when we wanted to take over SSIR and a number of foundations lined up with us and helped us have that opportunity. So they can play this very special role and so tonight when you're listening to the commentary from our speakers and first our keynote, Rob, you can put that into your mindset and your context. So with that, um, there are some paradoxes that are in the field. I would say you have grass tops with the money, grassroots, people working on the bottom, trying to solve these problems. How do they come together um, through philanthropy and what are the roles that the people with money, either individuals or foundations and those of us who are doing the work maybe within the social sector?
8: No, it's a top down structure for sure. And unfortunately the people at the bottom, are many, uh, many times unknowing, well-meaning dupes. Unknowing, well-meaning dupes. That's what they are. All right. Um, I wanted to play this clip here because I'm seeing it on television all the time. And it's playing into this idea that there's so much bigotry and so much hate in this country and white supremacy is around every single damn corner and I'm done. And I'm sick of it. It's ridiculous. It's outlandish. Uh, In fact, every time that I've seen one of these hate crimes in the last couple of years, hate crimes, with a swastika, right, going after, quote, unquote, Jews, it ends up being a hoax. But now I have to see a, a, a national commercial that's on television all the time when I'm sitting there watching my MMA. Stand up to Jewish hate. And and look, I don't like anti-Semites. But again, the idea that anti-Semites are around every corner, or there's a resurgency of this. Or that a woman in a nice neighborhood has to worry about what? Her garage being painted up with a swastika, and her daughter seeing it. it. It's almost non-existent. That threat is almost non-existent. Uh, I'd say, honestly, and this—you uh, you have a better chance of winning the lottery in this country, maybe even Powerball, than this actually occurring. So let's go to the video.
0: Let's go, mom. We're gonna be late. Hi, Mr. Tony. Mom, what's that? Nothing
9: get in the car. Let's go. Who did that? Come on. Right now. In. Get in right now. Let's go. Did you paint it or something? Move it. Your seatbelt on right now. Put your seatbelt on.
8: in four one in four jewish people um experienced jewish hate last year is that real one in four come on i i can tell you this uh not one in four not one in 40 not one in 400 not one in 4,000 not one in 40,000 jewish people in this country had that happen to them period never happened I'm going to say it again. Not one in 40, 400, 4,000, 40,000. Just hasn't. That's not a real thing. All right? And I'm not saying there aren't bigots. I'm not saying there aren't hate groups. I'm not saying anti-Semitism doesn't exist. One in four? One in four? I mean, are people really worried? about Jewish hate spray everywhere. I don't know, the swastika hasn't hasn't seemed that prevalent in my lifetime. Just wanna let everybody know. I ended up a 43-year-old man, just not that prevalent. Okay, I got stories I wanna hit. Then I've got the RFK, Michael Smirkomish, like about 15 minutes interview. Where smirkomish is somewhat fair, lets Robert Kennedy speak, but has a really weird look in his eye. When Smirk Smirkomish has a really weird look on his face the entire interview. Uh, but we'll get there in a minute. I want to hit some of these stories because uh they're big and they they're not getting enough play. And we can do these stories all the time. Um, but I want people to know the monsters are among us. They are all over the place. Former Madison County Fire Chief and wife accused of sex crimes against underage girl. All right. Sometimes these couples are partners in the monster, uh, the monster activity. Former Hubbard County Commissioner Daniel Stacy arrested for child sex crimes. BCA seeking more, more victims. Okay. This is a former Minnesota Minnesota County uh, Commissioner. Okay. And they're looking for more victims he's been charged with felony counts of second degree criminal sexual conduct and disturbing sexually explicit content to a child or I'm sorry distributing sexually explicit content to a child according to the Minnesota Minnesota Department of Public Safety these people need to go to prison forever forever they that's it you get convicted of this crime you're out you're done. goodbye we don't need you in society anymore. Ariva you won't be missed. Stacy has also worked as a Boy Scout leader, a bus driver for Nevis Public School District, and as a mentor at youth homes. Lovely. Just great. Just fantastic. Balloons are in the news again. U.S. tracking another mysterious balloons. Military has been following unidentified object that flew over Hawaii and is heading towards Mexico for a week. I'm going to say it again. This is now part. And it has been. This is part of the satellite network. These are satellites on balloons, satellos, if you want, if you will, all right. That are carrying these things that interact with other types of satellite systems. We've increased those satellite systems. Think about how many Starlinks have recently launched. Plenty. And now, because of, I, I think that massive expansion, we're seeing some of these fail or a go rogue in a sense. And as that happens, there has to be a cover story. And the spy satellites are the are the cover story. But really, I mean, they kind of are spy satellites, but they're not what they're telling you. They are. Okay. These things are all over the place. All over the place. And, and that veil is being lifted somewhat, but then You know, somehow people believe rockets are going to take us to the moon with Elon Musk and we're going to Mars. We're going to the moon. Sure we are. Sure. And and we had another rocket explode like two weeks ago, maybe even less than a week ago. Another one just blow right up. And people are like, yeah. Uh, And I try to point out to people that human beings haven't been more than 400 miles. 400 miles up, allegedly, since the uh, Apollo flights, and that's 250,000. And I'm like, take those two numbers. If I if I said I had $400 in my wallet, you'd say, yeah, that's you could have $400. Bucks. Not, I mean, that's not great. You got it. Now, if I said I had a quarter million dollars in my wallet. It's a big difference. You'd be like, no, you don't. I mean, I mean, not. you couldn't even physically, with our monetary system, even if you had $1,000 bills, have 200, 250 stack in that wallet, Jason. Just not possible. But people believe, they believe, that rockets took people 250,000 miles and back. Rockets. With no rocket on the moon. No one's questioning that story. Like, come on. But if you question it, oh, you're a kook or you're a flat earther. Or you you think all of space is fake. No, I, I, I just think that we're being lied to on a massive level. And the majority of what NASA is actually doing in space, because they're doing a lot of other things not in space, okay, the majority of which, what that they're doing in space is weaponizing it. And not against the boogeyman and the aliens they're weaponizing it against us the surf class for the predator class and i know likey i don't like it call me kooky all right robert f kennedy jr after being censored on his abc interview was given uh some time by michael smirkomish i did the smirkomish some i don't know 18 years ago now i think it was with msnbc then with uh, cnn these days shocker shocker indeed so uh let's play this exchange because I, I think it's an interesting one and uh robert f kennedy jr continues to knock it out of the park on mainstream media in my opinion
5: president biden has a bust of your father in the oval office when you see that what do you think? Well,
7: I'm honored by it. And, you know, I have a lot of admiration for President Biden, for the service that he's given to our country. I've known him. He's been my.
8: Let me let me just uh, I mean, is it just me or does Smirkomish have a crazy look on his face? And don't get me wrong. The way I stopped on Kennedy, he's got like a Mo Sislak going from uh, The Simpsons. But like his eyes are tweaked out and and look. Kennedy talks about Biden being a, uh, you know, a, a friend of 40 plus years, a personal friend, and this isn't an attack on Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not running anything, and his policies have been awful. Shouldn't be hard to reject Joe Biden. Don't love this, but again, RF Kennedy Jr. uh kind of does use this to his advantage. I mean, I think this is a very uh, probably honest, I think he's being honest, but also uh political talking point.
7: My friend, my close family friend for 40 years, and you know, there's nothing personal about this campaign. I am not going to run a mean-spirited campaign or a personal campaign against President Biden. He and I just differ really dramatically on issues like the war, like censorship, uh, like uh, uh, the, the control of Wall Street and the big corporations. Of our federal government and on uh, and the pharmaceutical companies, and also the use of fear as a governing tool. And uh, I think our country's headed in a bad direction, and that's why I'm running. But not because I don't I had a lack of personal affection for President Biden. Is he too old to have a second term? I don't. You know, there's. I don't think age is should be a metric for us limiting presidential power i mean bernie sanders is 81 and you know a lot of people would support him so i think it really you know the only question that we have when you get to a certain age is do you have the mental acuity and i am not gonna judge uh president biden's medical medical acuity uh, mental
8: acuity i I i mean let's be honest he's gone and he's been gone for some time uh, I think this is another political answer, but at the same time, I also agree with him that it's really not the age, it's the performance, right? Like, I'll tell you what, Donny T looks like he's got a second wind. He's up there talking and squawking an hour plus at a time. So uh, I almost think that's a straw man argument. Uh, I think that what Smircoma should have said is is, Biden's mental capacity is still there to run the country. Was it there in the first place? Did we install a dementia-ridden puppet? I'll leave that to other people.
5: I've just seen a poll that says you're at 19% among Democrats in a race against President Biden. At what point do you think he's obligated to debate you? I'm mindful of the fact that if it were a general election, the Commission on Presidential Debates has a threshold of 15%.
7: I mean, I think there should be debates. I think, you know, particularly Michael, at this time in history, there's so many Americans who are worried about election integrity, who have lost faith in election integrity, and feel like the whole system, including the election system, is rigged against them. I mean, there was riots by people on Capitol Hill uh, because of that, you know, that driving uh, conviction. So I think the political parties, both parties ought to be doing everything that they can to convince the American public that we really have a democracy in this country and that, you know.
8: You know, let's just talk about the debate situation for a second. The idea that Kennedy would only poll 19 percent against Joe Biden when you have 70 percent of Democrats not even wanting Joe Biden to run is a little absurd and doesn't sound real to me. And the fact that he's only 7% above uh, a Marianne Williamson. I got, wait, he said 19%. She was like at nine, so I guess 10%. Marianne Williamson, no one cares about her. She, she doesn't have the RFK Junior brand. Like the Kennedy brand alone is going to get you notoriety. And, and the fact that this guy has actually stood up for real environmental justice and real uh freedom of choice when it comes to any type of shot. I mean, I would think, you know, it wouldn't even be 50, 50 with him and Biden. I think that he would be the guy with 60 plus percent period. Like you keep Miriam at whatever 9% and, and Joe really, I think below 20 when given the choice of RFK Jr. to anybody who's thinking, unless you have severe, you know, media bias and a whole lot of TDS on the side, then, then RFK Jr. might not be your guy. That's very possible.
7: Our politicians are running, are talking to people, are doing retail politics, are engaging in debates and town halls, and um, that the, it's not just a rigged system where the, where the candidates are chosen by the political party, the way that was done in the Soviet Union. So I, I'm hoping- And by the
8: way, our debate systems have been totally broken for my entire life my entire life, especially when we're talking about primaries, and they've gotten worse and worse and worse. You know, I I would say during the Barack star era, even in 2007, guys like Mike Revell and guys like Dennis Kucinich were completely marginalized and barely given an opportunity to talk. But they were given an opportunity to talk. By the time it gets to Tulsi Gabbard, she's not even allowed in some debates. And like in a two-hour debate, you get to hear her five or ten minutes. Every single candidate should be able to be allotted a certain amount of time to answer questions. Every question. That's it. You got to be fair. You got to give equal time for equal debate. We don't do that in this country.
7: You know, even if I had 5%, I think it's important to do debates.
5: But, you know, that's okay. A, but do you, uh, but, as a choice, but would I don't you go so far? Over. Understood, but would you go so far as to say that he has an obligation to debate you if you have a respectable showing in the polls, and 19% is respectable? I think he has an obligation to democracy
7: to debate anyway, um, and I would hope that he does that. But I mean, you're a lawyer, and I'm a lawyer. There's no legal obligation that the president has. Uh, I can't sue him for it. It's a it's a decision by the party and. I would hope that the party would put democracy, would, you know, would treasure and value our democracy and it would at least, I think a lot of people are feeling like, you know, the the, um, the 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 shroud has been lifted off of democracy now and that, you know, it's all kind of fake and it was all rigged and I think we need to be doing everything that we can to persuade Americans that
8: democracy in this country is real well you. in order to do that you also have to change the infrastructure and you got to g- get rid of those pesky machines period period and, and we've got to have some semblance of how we are going to cast votes how we are going to allow votes to be cast and how we are going to count those votes and audit them after the fact to ensure that we haven't been lied to it's a long road robert it's a long road Go
5: ahead, Smirkomish. I watched your announcement speech from Boston, all two hours of it, at about the 48- There's Dennis, by the way. At about the 48 or 49 minute mark, you said, This is what happens
7: when you censor somebody for 18 years.
0: I got a lot to
5: talk about. Who censored you and why?
7: Well, most recently, the you know the networks all censored me, including this network. Um, but most recently, and I think most offensively, the uh, the White House was asking the uh, social media sites to censor me. There were also attorney generals, I think eighteen uh, or thirteen Democratic attorney generals who contacted the social media sites and asked them specifically to censor me. But, you know, we now have, because of the Twitter files and because of these email dumps, we now have clear evidence that there were White House personnel who were ordering the social media companies to censor me. And it had nothing to do with misinformation.
8: The thing is that they told you in the beginning that none of this had to do with misinformation. They said it could be malinformation. And malinformation is anything that hurts the agenda. It's very broad. Misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. And they announced that government entities would be involved. And they announced that big tech was going to go in lockstep with them. And they announced that the World Health Organization was the authoritative source by which we must all bend the knee. Okay. So, so yeah, open censorship of this guy. Come on, Smirkomish. You know, they censored him. Who censored you and why?
7: In fact, nobody's been able to show a single statement that I've ever met made on my Twitter or any social media that is factually inaccurate. It was because I was dissenting from government policies. And you know, in this country, but, we we built this country so that to allow our citizens to complain about our public
5: officials. And uh, well, that to me a clear violation of the First Amendment. So let's go there. The New York Times, then reporting on your announcement, said this Mr. Kennedy is the latest in a history of fringe presidential aspirants from both parties who run to bring attention to a cause or to themselves. Do you embrace that label, fringe? And if not, what does. Fringe. This idea of fringe
8: candidates is, is, again, another Bernaysian talking point. They wanted to make you think that Ron Paul was fringe. Not fringe, main lie. Mainline. Mainline for the people, not the predator class. Okay? They told you Donald Trump was fringe. Far from fringe. This guy was part of pop culture for how long? Right? Ross Perot back in the day was fringe. And he he really scared him and helped change the landscape. All right? And the, the thing is that he couldn't um, get into the Republican or Democratic system and ran as an independent and and for a short period of time, really gave people the hope that an independent could win or a third party could rise up. No, n- sorry,
5: never never happened. What does fringe mean to you? Well, I'm
7: not running to bring uh, attention to a particular cause. I'm running because I believe I'm gonna win or I have a good chance of winning, a good enough chance of winning to endure all the hardships that, you know, a campaign imposes on me and my family. And I I can tell you this, Michael, because I know that you're a big fan of my wife's, but if she did not think, if I had not convinced her that I can win this race, uh, I would not be in it
5: because she's the ultimate boss. Okay, listen, I do love your wife. I'm I'm team (laughs) Sheryl. Having said that, she called you out on that Anne Frank reference even
7: in Hitler, Germany, you could you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. I visited in nineteen sixty-two East Germany with my father and met people who had climbed the wall and escaped. So it was possible. Many died true, but it was possible. Today the mechanisms are being put in place that will make it so none of us can run and none of us can hide.
5: You then apologized. Can you and I agree that? nazi or holocaust references are never appropriate because then they do-
8: no no we can't agree on that no no that's we we had to make that reference earlier with ibm because of their associations and everything that uh rfk jr said there was absolutely true there is nowhere to run or hide if they get their infrastructures in place of total track trace database if they get a system in place like they have in Israel via checkpoints and the automated smart shooter system. Sorry, Smirkomish, but he wasn't wrong. I can't agree with you there.
5: Diminish what truly transpired in the Holocaust. Well, first of all, Michael,
7: in that case, I was, first of all, let me say, I agree that we have to be careful about how we invoke the Holocaust. But you know, it's a difficult, it's, an, it's a. a It's just on a theoretical or hypothetical basis. Uh, I don't know if you can have kind of hard and fast rules about that because, you know, I grew up in a generation where, you know, right after the World War II, where everybody was saying, you know, never again, and the only way that we make sure that that kind of uh, barbarism doesn't happen again is if we're allowed to talk about it and as if we're allowed to right, if we are able to recognize all the milestones of tyranny a- and that exercise maybe
8: that's a big deal again more speech not less why are we always talking about we should never invoke and we should never talk about this that's the wrong attitude to have that's the censorship attitude that's not confronting reality it's not No, no bueno, Michael Smirkomish, no bueno. They require us at
7: some point, it may be useful to invoke historical wrongs, including the Holocaust, the, the American Native genocide, black slavery, and the many atrocities in history. But I want to say something about that case. In that case, and that's a good example of the censorship, I never compared the COVID mandates or the COVID response to the Holocaust that was a media canard something that the media made up and charged me with and what i i was making a completely different point about the rise of uh, the emerging rise of ai of artificial intelligence and surveillance technologies which was creating an infrastructure that, in the future totalitarian systems would be able to um surveil us and intrude and control our lives in ways that had never happened in the past. And so because I know, of that, but, but, you invoke, it, I, but you invoked but you invoke need, let me just finish you
8: invoked Dan Frank. Let me just well, You invoked Dan Frank. So what? He's he's not wrong. Again, we just saw one of the mechanisms for command and control via a punch card and computer system. And we just showed you the evidence that they can sit there and act as though there was ignorance in these companies, bullshit but then they went and serviced the machines at the camps. Do you get it? And as far as the COVID-1984 nightmare and it being involved, it wouldn't matter what nightmare or an emergency they put forward once the infrastructure is in place. Kennedy's not wrong here at all, not even a little bit. I invoked or not
7: comparing the Holocaust to the COVID, uh, to the COVID, uh, uh, mandates. I wasn't doing that. That's what the media reported. That was not true. And I ultimately, because of the damage that was happening to my family, because I was living in a world where nothing I said was reported. So I was not allowed to defend myself. In fact, this is the first time I've ever been allowed to talk about it on TV. Nobody would talk to me. Nobody would allow me on. Nobody would invite me on and say, why did you say that? and ultimately i had to apologize for something i never said now if you're saying i'm happy
5: to have you here because uh, i i i want to have conversation i can tell already you'll have to come back so that we can continue this but i i need to get to this this week a covid crisis group released a big report it cited our collective national incompetence i'm sure you're familiar with it i worry about our scientific preparedness for the next covid whatever it might look
8: And look at how establishment, Smirk Homish is. I'm worried. We failed. We're just so incompetent. Total limited hangout garbage. Giving the institutions that came after us during the nightmare more power. More power. It's a total canard. And again, it's limited hangout exposure. One of the reasons I like RFK Jr. is because what? He'll talk about DARPA, he'll talk about the military aspects of this, the real techno-fascist aspects. He needs to start talking about what? The CureVac-Tesla partnership, I I, hasn't whispered that one yet. I, I hope that one's next, Robert, I really sincerely do.
5: Look like, I also worry though about a diminished faith in institutions. In your case, you're so suspect, disbelieving of the FDA, the CDC. Where will you go if you were president for scientific information? On whom will you rely? I'll rely what I rely on. The
7: same source that I rely on now, which is PubMed, which is, you know, where the, the repository in the archives for peer-reviewed publication. And I will, you know, listen, CDC and FDA, these are the same agencies that brought us the opioid crisis. They told us that opioids were safe and effective and were good for us. And now we have 56,000 American young people dying every year, more than the more every year in the 20 year Vietnam War, because these agencies got their science wrong and they got it wrong. because
8: They got it wrong because what profiteering? safe and effective safe and effective here they are take your opioids here they are big money big money big money hey because they're controlled by pharmaceutical
7: companies oh i you know what we have to do is people's we, as a, in in a democracy unfortunately we are required not to listen to not to simply take on blind faith the statements of authorities, whether they're military authorities or public health authorities, we have to do our own homework. Blind faith okay. authority is a feature of religion. It's not of science. We are obligated to look at the science ourselves and make up our own minds. My uncle understood that, and that's why he didn't bomb Cuba during the Bay of Pigs. He didn't trust the actual.
8: I need to do I
5: a- like you. Robert, I want to do a lightning round. You got to give me a sound bite on three quick subjects. I hope you're ready. We got to do a
8: lightning round. Listen. As establishment and corny as Smirkomish is, at least he lets Kennedy speak with minimal interruptions. And you know, this is a 15 or I'm sorry, 14 minute or so clip. It looks like there was a, a you know, a little bit prior to this that they didn't post. Uh, again, I want more conversation and you look if Smirkomish is trying to brand himself as the libertarian over at uh, cnn good for him even uh Trumsky and hutch donnie t uh, has spoken kindly of smirkomish in the past I, I i think he obviously knows a lot more than he lets on i think he's cozy and comfy in his job and his persona i think we also all have our blind spots but at the same time this this guy carries water for the establishment like almost no other. Lightning round with Mr. Kennedy.
5: Disney versus the state of Florida, pick a side. I I
7: have no comment on that because I just don't know enough about it, Michael. I've I've been totally on the sidelines
5: on that and I have not delved into it. Okay, subject two, trans sports participation. I would, I think that uh, I'm
7: against people participating in women's sports who um, who have, who are, you know, who are biologically male. Uh, I think women have worked too hard to develop a sporting, you know, to develop women's sports over the
5: past 30 years. I watched it happen and I don't think that's fair. I'm worried. This is subject three. Final issue. I'm worried about our adolescence. I'm worried about our youth. I'm worried about the impact of social media. I take note of the fact that the CDC, I know you often question the CDC, but the CDC just released that the percentage of high school female students who seriously considered attempting suicide rose from 24.1% to about a third, 30% between 2019 and 2021. Do
8: you? Let me just stop it there. Uh, that's a lot uh either one of those numbers is extreme one that's one out of four or more one out of four seriously committing ser- seriously considering committing suicide I-, I want subsets of who's on medications right nature versus nurture man don't get me wrong I get it there are some people that just have really tough home lives they are abused. Uh, they can't imagine how they're going to make it into tomorrow. They do think about suicide. All right. But seriously, considering it is a big deal. And then now going into that, uh, the uh, not the nurture aspect, but the nature aspect. If you're changing the natural chemistry of someone's mind with Adderall or a slew of other medications, you know what are the contributions there? To so blame social media especially with just the youth, I think it is bad news, Brown, because I see plenty of 30 and 40-year-olds scroll diddly-olean. Scroll, 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 scroll. Everything in moderation. It's a tool, right? It's a tool. And, and I'm not trying to brag about it, but again, no Facebooky, no Snapchatty. No, no, no. No Instagrammy. Never really had an Instagram. else. There is an Instagram. I've never posted on it. Not anything personal anyway. I put a couple of things on there. And then um, no Snapchat. No TikTok, obviously. But again, maybe I maybe I should be Tiktoking. Maybe I should use that as a tool. I don't think I'd ever put it on my phone. I think we just have to use the desktop and upload videos and, and clips and stuff like that and do edits. Because the, the social media thing is poison. Because it... Plays into that Jerry Springer circus society of everybody wants to be famous, everybody wants their 15 minutes, everybody wants to play the victim, everybody has no shame. Everybody, 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 everybody. And uh, of course, you know, I'm being facetious when I say everybody, Um, I mean the vast majority of folks. Because again, I know there's a lot of great individuals out there that are part of the Burmese Brigade that do the free thinking. And and the social media no-nos. All right, let's let RFK answer the question from Smirkomish.
5: Do you see a causal connection between big tech and usage buyer adolescents and the spike in mental health? I think there is the spike in mental health
7: has something to do clearly with social media. I think that there is our causal relationships clearly between the, uh, the chemical exposures to children today. We have a chronic disease epidemic in this country. In of fact, we've gone from 6% of our kids having chronic disease to 54% as, as of 2006. Among those chronic diseases, and we know that they're related, are chemical exposures and pharmaceutical drug exposures and issues like depression, anorexia, OCD, ADD, ADHD, and all these different neurological injuries. And I think that is the main thing that we need to talk about, and that that I will deal with this president, ending the chronic
5: disease epidemic in this country. And to the people who say, why did you let him say that? Why didn't you confront him with all the data? You would say what? Show me the data. That's what I love. Show me some data.
7: Show me where I got it wrong. Show me where I made a statement that is inaccurate. Show me the scientific study.
8: My man, my man. I mean, how do you not get behind RFK Jr. after watching something like that? And he wants to legitimately end the chronic disease epidemic. All right, folks, we are down to our last. Minute, I want to remind everybody that I am a documentary filmmaker, Invisible Empire, a new world order to find. Shade the motion picture if you want the big picture on globalism. Both of them now well over a decade old. Can't believe it. I'm an old man. The Grays are here. And then, of course, my 9 11 films, Fabled Enemies, Loose Change, Final Cut, extremely relevant and important to this day. Watch them, love them, share them. Keep watching. If you're watching on the Red Voice Media stream, as this bad boy is rolling, rolling, rolling throughout the day, I believe it's 9 a.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern, go premium, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored for just a buck today. Lock it in for a year for a hundred. And remember, it's not about left or right, it's about right and wrong. And we will see you on the flip side. Bye, folks.